This is Bulls Beat on Bulls Unlimited. Bulls Beat is your stop for exclusive interviews, highlights, and the very latest on all sports at the University of South Florida. With today's show, here's your host, Derek Sharp. Getting you ready for the weekend, yes. It's going to be a big Saturday of basketball, a lot of softball, baseball, and much more as always to tell you about. But we've got some great audio coming your way, a couple one-on-ones I had with two members of the track and field team that are headed to the NCAA Indoor Championship meet next weekend. Plus, you're going to hear from both head coaches on the basketball side. Jose Fernandez, who was originally scheduled to have a press conference ahead of senior night, and, well, that press conference happened, but there was also some pretty significant news added to it, and we'll tell you about that here shortly. Amir Abdurrahim followed him. It was amazing how many members of the media are showing up, and that's great. Basically, every TV station was there, along with the normal outlets that cover the team on the print side, or on the internet side. Sorry, there's not much print anymore. I realize that. I started off in print, you know. Broadcast journal, uh, that's a long story some other time. But So you can imagine that there were those that were looking for angles. There was a lot of stuff he spoke about that you've heard already, but also some things that are more pertinent to what's happening now. And yeah, wait until you hear him say he doesn't want to get on his soapbox about campaigning for the Wolves, you know, not having to win the conference tournament to make the NCAA. I love that. And I'll probably give my thoughts on that as well. And he also spoke about the challenge that awaits the Bulls tomorrow in Charlotte that is going to be the game where the Bulls can officially wrap up all to their lonesome first place in the conference. But as you'll also hear Amir Abdurrahim say shortly, uh, they are the champions. So we've got all of that, both head coaches of basketball and my chats with two advancing to the NCAA finals of indoor track and field coming up. But how about we start off with the football schedule? Yeah, that was released on Thursday. We knew it was going to be anytime you get the hints. I don't know about you, but I get a little bit tingly. The entire conference schedule was released on Thursday, by the way. Ten games against teams that were ranked in the final top 25 poll of last year. And, of course, the Bulls, as you know, are playing one of those teams. That would be Alabama. It all kicks off against Bethune-Cookman at home August the 31st before the Bulls head to Alabama and Southern Miss back-to-back and then host Miami September 21st. Then the eight games in conference play will begin on the road at Tulane September the 28th. I imagine a ton of Bulls fans are making that trip, remembering the fact that it's been a couple years since we've been to Yeoman Stadium, and remember, Willie Fritz moved on, so that's a team that's probably not going to be picked to finish even top half in the league. Pretty important game early on. Then the Bulls will get a bye right then, so... It's going to be a bit of a sprint at the end of the season, but really you look at a full buy between September the 28th and October the 11th against Memphis at Raymond James Stadium. That is going to be a Friday night contest. You can already see the impact of Alex Golish year one. Two Friday night games. After they host Memphis, they'll return on a Saturday at home against UAB, then a second buy before they head to play Florida Atlantic on a Friday, November the 1st. So, about 20 days with only one football game, and it's homecoming against UAB. That's Saturday, October the 19th again. So a Friday against Memphis, October the 11th at home, a Friday at FAU, November the 1st, and then Saturdays for the next three, home to Navy on November 9th, at Charlotte the 16th, hosting Tulsa the 23rd, and then with the flexible schedule for Black Friday, it'll either be 
a Friday or Saturday game at Rice, November the 29th or the 30th. We'll know about who's getting the Friday treatment in mid-October based, obviously, on how things start in the league. Full schedule, obviously, up at GoUSFBulls.com, where you can also see on the football page plenty of news when it comes to additions and promotions within the coaching staff. Also, great to see a whole feature article with the smiling face of Albert Boone. His face has been smiling around South Florida football for a while, and I even said this on the softball broadcast Wednesday. Certain people, you just, you know, when you have a changeover in coaching, and it happens all the time, everyone's gone. You know, they clean house, but there are certain people that you hope stick around, and he has stuck around now for a fourth coaching staff. He will be the director of football relations, also the assistant director of player development. This is his ninth year with the program. And earlier in the week, it's also up on GoUSFBulls.com, a full rundown of several new members of the staff, director of football operations, Zach Cole, who comes from Tennessee, and then various coaches who have gotten promotions and new grad assistants, including former Bull Keon Helton. Oh, we can also give you some details of spring practice. It'll begin next week. Alex Golish will actually speak at a press conference on Tuesday. I'll be with women's basketball in Dallas. More on them in our second segment, but we'll definitely be getting this audio for you. Rashad Cheney and, oh yeah, Byron Brown will be speaking that day as well. And Thursday morning, looks like I'll have a chance to speak to some players individually on request, so we'll get that for you. The following week, actually, is spring break, so... That'll be taken off, and of course, during the spring, you only practice a few times a week. We can tell you pro day is Wednesday, March the 20th, and it's five weeks in all leading up to the spring game. Of course, we are in the winter-spring crossover season, basketball, and tomorrow, what an opportunity for Amir Abdurrahim's Bulls. As I said, he sat down with the media, and there were some going for angles on articles, and that's always cool, and one was all that he does to engage with the student body and why it's important. My father was a clergyman, right, uh, in Atlanta. And a lot of every, not, not a lot of the stuff, almost everything he did within the city of Atlanta, it started in a, in a grassroots type of space. And for whatever reason, I'm not gonna say the country, right, but for whatever reason, we live in this really microwave um, environment in collegiate sports where people want it like today. Right. They want it like actually they want it yesterday. OK. And I still think there's uh, value, a ton of value in building right from that grassroots space. It, it can become really special then like it is now. Right. It, it hadn't been very long. And most people say, well, yeah, it is kind of microwave. It's done like, yeah. But if you look at how we started the season, you know, <laughs> that wasn't microwave. Oh, yes, how they started the season. As the Bulls, as we all know, were 2-4 and four with losses to Central Michigan and Maine. Losses which apparently, according to the computers and some experts that still don't have the Bulls having much of a chance getting in unless they win their conference tournament. Losses that you just, you're doomed if you lose those games. There's nothing you can do to make up for it because the Bulls, have made up for it. They have gone 19-1 since, as you all know. So if you're saying that two early losses that set you to 2-4 and four are just like this big anchor, then what, would 20-0 and 0 not do anything for you either? I mean, at some point, you got to be able to win on the court and make up for a couple of early losses. I don't know about you, but I think college football teams have had two losses and made up for them by getting invited to the four-team college playoffs. So 
I think the coach agrees with me that they have gotten the right to not have to win their conference tournament. And so when Joey Johnston was saying, hey, you got a chance to clinch the conference title outright, this was a pretty entertaining, not get on his soapbox, but kind of, yeah, get on his soapbox segment from coach. No, we're already the regular season champion. Oh, I know, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> but, but see, that discredits the work we've done up to this point. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so, 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 so therefore, what does what you've accomplished mean? Put it in a frame it differently. You want me to answer the first one or the second one? Whether you share it or, or outright, you're a champion, which yeah. has never happened before. Yeah. So what does that mean? It means, it means a lot. Uh, Again, I, I'm, I get the, the conference tournaments and the money it generates and all of that great stuff. But, guys, go through this league for 18 games, and you're telling me the, the, the regular season champion shouldn't get the automatic bid? Guys, come on, man. Like, what are we, what are we teaching our, our, our young adults? Like, what are we teaching them? Like, in, in two ways, okay? And I don't want to get on a soapbox here, but first part, okay? You talk about these bubble teams or whatever it is, right? I can remember growing up, my parents, they always talked about, you know, stay consistent, perseverance, resolve, right? It's not about what happens, but how you respond, okay? And, and it used to be rewarded, right? Like, it used to be rewarded, like whether it was with your grades or whatever it may be. But now we're saying, okay, because you lose a couple of games – three games or whatever it was in November, early December or whatever it was, all right, you lose those games. Nobody cares the growth you had after it. We just care about those three games. Like, man, that's – I'm, I'm, a, I'm a kid from the south side of Atlanta. That's corny, all right? That's a poor message being sent by adults, okay? Because all this team has done is – all they've done is what we're at, we've been asked to do grow grow right all they've done i don't even know what the i guess 13 in a row my daughter she daddy 13 in a row it's all she talks about right but like i don't even know it's however many how out of how many i really don't i promise you i can't remember right that i just get lost what is it 19 19 out of 20 right like so you're trying to tell me a team that's won 19 of its last 20 games, okay, is not one of the best 68 teams in America today? Come on, man. Totally in agreement, Coach. Now, the one thing you have to be careful of is campaigning for a spot in the tournament, you know, before you finished off the deal, which is, in my opinion, you probably have to win on out to at least the conference tournament semifinals, and that includes the last three games of the regular season. Again, a... 17 and 1 conference champion do the math the Bulls will be 24 and 5 and continue the math on they at worst would just have six losses if they lose some time in the conference tournament I think it'd be hard to keep out of the big four-letter tournament Charlotte is one of the two teams three behind the Bulls so the 49ers still have a chance to catch them it would involve the Bulls not only losing Saturday but losing their next two games so the number one seed is going to be theirs the thing is you want to keep winning for the whole at-large situation, not forcing yourself to have to win the conference proceedings in Fort Worth. Charlotte, since losing to the Bulls in Tampa, and of course, could have easily won that game. They're up by 17, and 
continue to lead until the final minute. And we'll definitely be replaying that game for you some on Saturday to get you ready for the 3.30 pregame show. Since then, the 49ers shook it off by winning three in a row, but then they have since lost big time to Memphis, 76-52. to Memphis is climbing back into possible at-large range and is one of three teams at 10 wins in the league. Boy, that's going to be a team that no one wants to play in Fort Worth, but we'll worry about that in a few games, right? Then Charlotte was in Tulsa last week, actually the day before our women's basketball game against Tulsa, and they were stunned. They were up double figures and lost the lead and the game close. Still a very solid team that's going to have a big-time crowd waiting for the Bulls on Saturday. 3.30 is the pregame. Just heard from Amir Abdurrahim, and by the way, he held court for about 30 minutes. It's all up on the YouTube page for USF men's basketball, and you can catch all of what Jose Fernandez had to say, but... Definitely wanted to give you his reaction to the news that turns out he's known for a while, but everyone kept it under their hats until yesterday. He is going to be an assistant coach for the national team, the USA basketball under-18 national team that will be playing. And, of course, he'll be coaching in this. We'll be watching whenever it is, wherever it is. But June 17th through 23rd, the locations will be later on announced by FIBA Americas. But what did Jose Fernandez, who also is serving as the WBCA vice president and the president-elect, so he's got a lot on his plate, what does he think about this honor? I had the opportunity to work with USA Basketball one previous time as a court coach in Colorado Springs, and it was a great experience. I remember uh, Jeff Walls was the head coach, Corey Close was the assistant, and Natasha Dare was the other assistant. And they stayed at the Marriott, and Joni Taylor and I were in the dorms, so... <laughs> I hadn't stayed in a dorm for a long time. And yeah, it's, uh, it's, I'm humbled. It's an incredible honor and to, to be able to spend time with uh, you know, some of the best uh, young players in the world and to coach with, with Terry and, you know, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be fun. Terry Morin of Indiana, Neil Ivey of Notre Dame, and he actually will not have to worry about making any roster decisions. He'll just coach the players on the roster. Several of his Bulls players on the roster will be honored for senior night. Ariel Wilson, Caitlin McGee, Evelyn Luchashipholt, and Romy Levy. It was cool to hear Jose, almost as an aside, say that Romy, you know, will get another offseason in the program, a.k.a. she'll return as will Sammy Puisis. That was nice to hear. But as far as this team, they need to get it together and put together a perfect run next week in Fort Worth. They are 8-8 eight and eight in the conference, and if you look at it, they have had in all but eight of those losses a chance, a real chance to win. Most recently up by 16 against, by the way, a very good Tulsa team, which turned around and won at Temple to create a three-way tie atop the conference. More on the wacky conference teams in a minute after we hear from Coach Fernandez on what the team needs to do to take those late leads and make them victories in all cases because they have to do it in every case next week in Fort Worth if they want to head to the NCAA tournament again. Yeah, well, seven of our eight losses we've led in the fourth quarter in conference play. I think there's a lot of inexperience and new guys in our program. We could have on this team the freshman of the year and the newcomer of the year, freshman of the year in Vicky, newcomer of the year in Romy Levy, and probably another newcomer, all-newcomer team in Ave. Those three guys have only played 29 games at USF. So they've only been in our system for six months. You know, and that's no excuse. They're very good basketball players. But I think, 
you know, the really, really good teams all around the country and the ones that we've had here get the necessary stops down the stretch. Really, really good teams. When you need a basket, go get a basket. And uh, we've struggled in some of those things, especially the last eight, nine minutes of games because, you know, we've been good enough to win a lot of those. But because they've lost so many, and we'll do the calculations and have them for you on the broadcast Saturday night. By the way, speaking of emotional and senior night, the traditional Bridge and Miranda breakout, the Kleenex pregame portion, won't be happening. Unfortunately, TV has plucked her off the radio broadcast. It's been a while since the beginning of the season since that had happened, so it'll be yours truly. But she is wanting to, and I will definitely be glad to grant this request, come on at the end of our game tomorrow night, and we hope it's after a victory. Tulane comes to town having lost six in a row. They are in last place in the conference. Of course, the Bulls, this seems like forever ago, by the way, famously on January 6th, had a 17-point lead, lost it, and that's the thing. This year, the Bulls have now three times on the road this year been ahead by at least 15 points and lost the lead. Now they actually bounced back to beat Tulane and UAB. Couldn't do it against Tulsa. But back to Tulane, they were without their point guard, and their leading score. They have gotten them both back, but it hasn't translated to victories. They actually followed up the loss to the Bulls by making a ton of threes, beating East Carolina 81-55, to but then they lost four in a row. Top Charlotte and UTSA, and I thought at that point the Green Wave were officially back, but then their six-game losing streak began, including a 17-point home loss to UAB, and most recently, losing by 17 at Temple, only putting up 44 at home to Memphis, and then Wednesday at FAU, getting dropped into last place by the Owls, 80-67. to They still have talent on their team. Mentioned they were without their top score against the Bulls. That's Kyron Whittington. She put up 28 points in Boca and averages more than 16 a game, and they have a couple of three-point shooters that score in double figures. Hannah Pratt, that would be Michael Pratt, the quarterback's sister, along with Marta Golich. Between them, 110 three-pointers. So it won't be easy, and the Bulls can't mess around. There's two games left, and there is a big, and I mean big, group of teams. You got the top three set, pretty much. You got the bottom three set, for sure. And then the other eight teams are all within a game of each other. Top three, North Texas, which had to go four overtimes to beat East Carolina in the conference game of the year Tuesday. Temple and Tulsa, who played each other in Philly Wednesday with Tulsa winning, and there's your three-way tie for first. So one of those three is going to be your champ. Bottom three are FAU, Wichita, and Tulane. And then everybody else is either 9-7 and seven or 8-8. Eight and eight. Somebody's going to be fourth place, and the Bulls, with the right combination of results, could be that team. They have to go 2-0. and oh. But one team out of that group is going to be 11th place, meaning you got to play in the first round. So that's what's left to play for, either getting that fourth seed, meaning you just need to win three games in Fort Worth to make the NCAA tournament, and avoiding that 11th seed, which would mean a five games in five day situation. We're not going to tell you all the teams to root for because there's way too many possibilities, but trust me, there's definitely one where the Bulls would be the fourth seed and definitely one where they'd be the 11th seed. There's also one where there'd be a six-way tie for fourth at 10-8. and eight. Oh, the AAC is unhinged when it comes to the women's basketball standings. If the Bulls are somewhere in the middle between 5 and 10, I really don't think the seed matters. That's how closely competitive the league is. It's definitely been a different season in the Bulls. If you want to check out the whole video on the YouTube page, he is still talking in terms of this team going to the NCAA tournament when he was asked what's been the biggest positive and what's been the biggest disappointment. He said the biggest positive is still to come, making it to the NCAA.